After three weeks without an arrest, a new development tonight in the Idaho College murder case. Police in Moscow, Idaho, have zeroed in on a vehicle they're now searching for. Police temporarily expanding the crime scene, blocking off this wooded area and parking lot behind the house. Just to recap, guys, this is the Idaho State murder case. This is where those four individuals were brutally murdered. And I'm going to go through what the police have that they're giving us, that they're giving actually him even. Like his own prosecution doesn't have hardly any information on this of what they, what they have besides what the public knows. So... So, you know what? The authorities are convinced that they do have the right guy, but, like, the evidence they have against him, will it add up? I don't know. So, they're saying, the thing is, is if these authorities are correct, it would have taken Brian Kohlberg eight minutes to murder four victims, get in his car, and drive away. That leaves very little wiggle room to even... They say they saw the getaway car, which was a white Suburban, and that there were several sightings of the suspect's vehicle on Kings Road. So that occurred on 329 a.m. And at 404, and the suspect's car can, see, can be seen entering on the fourth time it has been seen driving out eastbound on Queen Road, stopping and actually, like, turning around in front of 500 Queens Road, apartment number 52. And then at 4.06 a.m., you can see that the vehicle is driving back westbound on Queen Road, where the suspect's vehicle is in front of Kings Road residence. It appears to unsuccessfully attempt to, like, either park or turn around or, I mean... So it did turn around, but I mean, either it was trying to park or it was just turning around. And then it continues on the intersection of Queens Road and Kings Road, where it can be seen completing the three-point turn and then driving eastbound down Queen Road. At this point, it's between 408 to 4, 410. We're thinking it's more like 409-ish. There's no more sightings of the suspect vehicle until... And it is seen exiting the area at high speeds. There is no record from the state and if and when this vehicle was parked at the time. So we're assuming that the vehicle was actually parked um, in the back parking area from probably 409 to 419, which is like the assumed you know time frame. So 10 minutes, right? So the state is applying implying that the suspect's vehicle belongs to Brian Koberg and that Brian Koberg acted alone. So this like narrows the window of opportunity very, very low. When the car was parked and approximately, you know, it would have given him what, like eight minutes to brutally murder four healthy individuals. That would give you like a minute to murder each one. 
and then a minute to start the car and then you have to make it down 112 Kings Road to be caught exiting the neighborhood at 420. I don't know. That, that's a big stretch. Especially when you can see in the surveillance video that it is a sedan. It is black and white. So we're assuming that this car is white. Technically, it could have been a lighter color. On any of these videos that I've looked at, I have not been able to determine what kind of vehicle it is besides it's just a sedan. Maybe the police have another video or something that we aren't being shown and the defense isn't being shown could explain it. And if so, then they might have a case. But from what I'm gathering, what they have shown us, it's going to be really hard to convince me that, you know what? Yeah, they do have a case. So police believe that the killing happened between 4 o'clock and 4.20 a.m. Brian been driving. If he did, could he have, like, murdered and started his car in eight minutes and then go down that street to be visible by 4.20? Or could this have been, like, a patrolling car that was, like, as a lookout for the murder to happen? I mean, that would explain a theory of the killer actually approaching on foot. So the police do have the white vehicle being around the area of the time of the murders. Like, that's all that's on the surveillance. They said that they were looking for 2011-2003 Hyundai Elantra. I do want to note here, though, that Brian Kohlberg does drive an Elantra, but it's a 2015. Okay, so the police also put in there that they had a list of 22,000 white Elantras that were registered in the system. They also state that they, they're still looking for a murder weapon pieces. So we have uh, um, information of a white vehicle that was in the area um, either during the time frame of the homicide or around the time frame of the homicide. And we are just wanting to talk to the individuals who are in that vehicle. Um, they may have some valuable information for us, and we're looking for a 2011 to a 2013 Hyundai Elantra. So any assistance you can give us, um, anybody that owns one, anybody that knows of someone who owns one or may have been driving one, if you could get a hold of us um, through our tip line or um, call us directly, um, we'd appreciate that. Through our tips, through our leads, some of the evidence that came in, we start to identify patterns. And like we said earlier, we are confident that the occupant or occupants of that vehicle have information that's critical to, to this investigation. So far, we have a, a, a list of approximately 22,000 registered white Hyundai Elantras that fit into our uh, criteria that we're sorting through. That's, a, that's an awful lot of information. What kind of progress has been made regarding the search for information about the white Hyundai Elantra? We have looked at um, massive amounts of um, video footage, especially in the critical camera areas. And um, we've looked at the 24 hours prior to and 24 hours after of those. And now we're look, extending that out even further to other cameras and other time, time frames. Have you guys found the murder weapon or the uh, Hyundai Elantra? So we are still looking for um, all pieces of evidence, um, but we are still looking for the, the weapon. Um, 
And I will say that uh, we have found an Elatra. The white Elantra 2015, is it the car? And is the search over now for any more white Elantras? We believe it is the car. In new court filings, Koberger's attorneys accuse the state of trying to hide its entire case. They say it's unclear what police first relied. The only piece of information that they are claiming they have found was the Elantra. Now, I know that there was that knife sheep that was found. So Koberg's attorney has actually filed in court to see any of these findings that are against their client because the police have not revealed them to them. I understand not revealing them to the public, but why would you hide any of the information? So his attorney actually accused the state of trying to hide this entire case and said that it is unclear what the police first relied on focusing this investigation with Brian or the Elantra or any of the DNA. So, like, for example, how the car was first identified is a totally mystery uh, to the defense. And, like, with the DNA, they are both demanding answers in this case, his lawyer and him are, because they want to know exactly how the police were able to identify that specific white Hyundai Elantra based off of these blurry images of a white sedan. They are also claiming that they have an analyst who is working heavily, relying on video of a car heading the wrong direction at the same time. So there's another vehicle that they were like, oh, we were also, we were working on this one and it's heading in the wrong direction at the same time as supposedly Brian's car was. So there's two different cars in the same timeline that they're working on pinpointing. His lawyer writes, there's no explanation of the total lack of DNA evidence from the victims, uh, from Brian's apartment, home, office, vehicle, none of the victim's DNA is there. Like, none. On November 29, 2022, so a WSU police officer uh, actually acquired that a white Elantra was registered at WSU. As a result of that quarry, he located a 2015 Hyundai Elantra with Pennsylvania lights of plates registered to Brian Koberg. So that remains this question. If they had his name by November 29th, why isn't he brought in for questioning about his whereabouts that night of the murders? They could have even asked him for a DNA sample just to like totally clear him up. And then they could have compared it to what was apparently found on the knife sheath right then and there. But instead, they covertly followed him across the country. The FBI may or may not have been spoiling his parents' home. That's a theory. Not sure. Um, but why are they doing, like, this backward-ass DNA process? This doesn't make sense. Now, Julie like, not want to show their work and how they collected the trash from the family's home in December 27, 2022, that ran back to Idaho and perhaps like even planted his DNA on the knife sheath so that they could close this case. So, I mean, let's, let's be honest here. It doesn't matter if they don't have any blood evidence from the victims. It doesn't matter if there's no connection between Brian and these victims. 
And maybe it doesn't even matter that that wasn't a white Elantra that, that they saw. We've got to go DNA at the scene. And that is not excusable. So there's no evidence of like a stalker. There's no evidence of social media contact between these two, the suspect and the victim. These are all narratives that have been told by figures who are competent and compliant with this perhaps cover-up. And before you're like, hey, Adrian, this is a conspiracy. No, like this is not a conspiracy therapy. This is conspiracy to cover up a crime and frame an individual in order to protect an organization, maybe crime that's happening in Moscow, Idaho, with the police forces is likely involved, but maybe they're not involved. Maybe they're just protecting it. Um, why though? Why? Why else would they go through so much lengths? I mean, I know, you know what? The whole entire country wants answers for this. But if Brian is innocent, framing him for doing that is not the way to go about this and to get justice. I mean, if you're willing to convict Koberg, which is sentencing him to death, you must be able to willingly concede that there's that eight minute window that he would have had to kill these victims, get in his car, and drive away. You must also concede that there's lack of DNA evidence, a lack of a motive, there's very shady investigation going on, inconsistent vehicle identifications, a prosecution that does not want to head, hand over their hoard evidence, and no connections whatsoever to the victim. Now, I'm not saying that maybe the police have something to do with this and they're not sharing. Maybe they do, maybe they have something that we don't know about and they're not sharing it with the public. But not sharing it with the defense, that's wrong. They need to know what they're up against, especially when you're dealing with a murder case that could deal with this poor man's life. When you're gonna convict someone of a horrible crime, you need to make sure you have the right guy. I think everyone can agree with that. So let me know what your guys' thoughts are on this. Let me know if you agree with this or you don't. Let me know in the comments. I know I got all a little bit heated on this and yeah. Um, one thing too, I want to note here guys that like, and if you are someone like me, who's definitely paranoid and worried about the people that are in your life. Um, well, that's where like truth brighter can come in and they actually help if you have a question about like someone's background and you want to know, Hey, if they're still married, um, if you want to know, you know what they're like, you want to know who your friend's parents are so that you can keep a close eye on them. Truth finder is the way to do that. You can easily check up on people. It is, um, it uses public knowledge to check and see what their backgrounds are like. And that way you guys can just keep safe as well. So feel free to check out Truthfinder. I will link it in the description below as well.